Mont Montbellevue, Houston, ESPN 97.5. 97.5. A Gao Media Station. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. One hour down. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. We got a 1-0 score in the Tottenham Arsenal game. If you didn't get the bet in, you can still live bet it over at my bookie. 1-0, the bet was over. So go over to MyBookie right now and hit that over. Luckily, you can do that at MyBookie.ag. For now, though, let's go over to the listener line, HRMP listener line. People are hot. They want to talk Texans. And let's go over to Sean right now. You're on Moneyline. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? I want to talk about the Texans and appreciate you having me. You brought up, like, a panic move and then mortgaging the future. The one thing you don't do is mortgage the future when your two best players are 25 and 26, and you don't mortgage the future for a left tackle, especially when you have one of the most mobile quarterbacks in the league, get an average left tackle. Sometimes it's just as good as paying all that for a great left tackle. I just don't like when you got a coach that could be out in two years, he's going to go all in and then, and then the next guy that comes in is screwed. I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Like, like who's their guy outside of those two. And they're both in their prime. Like the futures two to three years from now, not today. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. I don't get it. It's frustrating. All right. Thanks for chiming in. A lot of Texans fans that don't really get it today. It, it's, it's tough to swallow. I mean, you just don't ever hear of people giving up two firsts and a second for a tackle. Well, you ask you know, yourself, okay, how close? If the time, the move they made is, is saying it's now. The time is now. Don't get me wrong, though. With Tunsil, he's got the two years. Around then you'll be able to have money to sign Watson and him and however it breaks out. But the move they made now, sacrificing defense, tightening up the offensive line, okay, you, you won on one side of the trenches. Yep. You added, I guess, a receiver that I don't even know how much or how many targets he's going to get this year with that. If, say, the other two guys stay healthy, uh, does he surpass them on the depth chart? I don't see that. I don't think he's better than them. Not to say Kenny Stills isn't better than Kiki, or but I don't think he's he's he, he's enough to change what they have if health isn't an issue, if that makes sense. But like he says, you, you're setting them back. If 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 O'Brien's let's say career's only got one or two years left, you're setting back the next guy. But hey, who cares, right? Who cares about this? If I'm not going to be here, that's maybe what a lot of Texans fans are waking up with that feeling in their stomach, saying he's got nothing to lose basically at this point. No. But he, but he, but we do as fans. That's what fans saying again. You as a fan, you're thinking. Yeah, I got to lose every time that that season comes around, and the, and and they start debiting those season tickets out of my account. Yeah, I got everything to lose, and and I went from two to four. Now I got four of these tickets. Yeah, I got something to lose. And when you're invested in it, and not just monetary wise, but your heart is every single Sunday, every single year, piling up to try to go that nine and seven, eight and eight, and now all of a sudden you make a big move like that. It better work out, but then you say when you say it better work out, 
it's hard to say that when it's a left tackle. Yeah, you'll see improvements by the way that Watson stands up, but it's not going to be direct where you're saying, man, that play was only the left. You usually see that whenever you bring in a, sk- a skills position, more more of a, a receiver, a running back, or quarterback, whatever the case is, a big-time safety. You say, hey, man, we saw direct improvements. And not to say that you won't see it in the numbers in the way that Watson is sackless. I'm not saying any of that, but it's – it's going to be hard to say, man, it was so worth it. Look at them. They made, they went two round play, uh, to, uh, they, they went to the second round of the playoffs. Whatever the case is, it's tough. It's tough. It is. And here's my issue, right? We know the secondary is the other weakness. We all talk about the offensive line, right? But we know it's, you know, specifically at cornerback, that's where the Texans need to improve, right? Now you don't have a first round pick next year or the year after that. Jonathan Joseph, this is, what is he, 35? This is probably his last year with the Texans. You have Bradley Roby on a one-year deal. Prove it. If he does have a good year, he might leave. So you're going to need to replace your two starting corners next year. Gibbs on a, on a one-year, too, I believe. I, I, I'd have to look that up. But the other problem is, is Aaron Colvin, who you brought in from the Jags, he didn't really work out. And now you're going you're gonna to give him another shot this year, but you know he wasn't very good last year. So there's a good chance he won't be good again. You could be looking to have to replace your three starting corners next offseason, and you don't have any draft picks. You know, you don't have a first-round pick. And then maybe you take – so if you take a corner in the second round, we did that this past year with Lonnie Johnson. And we still don't know because he's a rookie, right? So you, you have to expect that the rookie next year that they might take with the second-round pick, he's not ready to go yet. So – you're not going to have any – you're going to have to go out in free agency and hopefully find somebody and overpay for a corner. So I just feel like they dug themselves a hole. I'm glad they got the left tackle taken care of, but it, we talked about it earlier. It's because they were desperate. That's why they gave up so much. That's what put them in this position in the first place. Poor planning. And you don't have a general manager. The guy's job it is to plan this stuff out. You don't have one. That's that's why you are where you are. It, it's just frustrating. I, I hope this works out. You better hope that Tunsil is badass at left tackle, and you, you better you better hope he's healthy. Because imagine wrapping up two firsts and a second and a tackle that gets hurt. Imagine that. And let me clean that up with Gip. He's on a three-year. So okay. just But uh, going to your point, setting yourself back, when you set yourself back in the future and you make moves like this is because you felt like that was the one piece you needed to put you over. Right. Did you wake up this morning saying, hey, that was the one piece? Yes, we know offensive tackle was the key piece that they needed, but does that piece put you over the top? Is that a piece that's made now? Not to say that Andrew Luck news has anything to do with it, but now that you were already the front runner, how much of, how much more of a lead do they have now to win in that? Is it is it atrocity an atrocity if they don't win the division now? Do they have to win the division now? Because, again, Going the next few years, you're not going to have those draft picks. No, and you got worse on defense. Whatever you think of Clowney, you're worse today than you were yesterday. Clowney's a good player. A game-changer type yes. player. At, yes. no, no matter what you think of him out there, whether it was pay pay 90 or not, he was a game-changer. You still had the game plan. Some people like to see sacks or whatever. That's not exactly what he was put down there for. If you... If he solely had to focus on being a, a pass rusher, I guarantee you he'd be that too. But he was, they focus on a run stop, and he, he was a great run stopper. He's a great. game changer, and you're going to see what happens in Seattle, and it's going to be one of those, man, I regret that move. But right now, let's go over again to the HRMP Listen 9. We have Will on hold. He wants to talk Texans. What's going on, my man? 
Hey, my man. How y'all doing? Great. Good. What do you got for us this morning? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, uh, I think what they need to do, I think they need to sell the team, get a freaking general manager, fire the coach, and get their stuff straight because they clearly don't have a freaking clue. I'm going to hang up and let you talk. Thank you, Will. And I think that's kind of how a lot of Texans fans feel today is they don't know what they're doing. I mean, you see like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, just like even national guys, you know, being like, what are the Texans doing? You know what I mean? Like you usually don't see stuff like that. And I brought it up earlier. I want to bring it up again. Everybody's been laughing at John Gruden like he's out of touch and he doesn't know what he's doing. Look at what he got for Khalil Mack and look at what the Texans got for Clowney. Who's the one that doesn't look like they know what they're doing? It's just no sense of direction. It's no. hard to follow something, and, and you get tired of making excuses. You know what I mean? Whenever you try to defend, let's not even say excuses. You get tired of defending something that at one point you run out of options. Let's go over right now again to the HRP listener line. Jefferson wants to talk Texans. What's going on? Good morning, fellas. Uh, you kind of stole my thunder with the secondary and uh, Roe being out uh, for a one-year deal, and... With the, with the cap space that we have next year, it's going to be eaten up with Tonsil being re-signed, Watson being re-signed, DJ Reader being re-signed. There's talks about Martin being re-signed. So the deal for Tonsil in these first-round, second-round picks when your whole team is essentially made up of first- and second-round picks because you can't because they cannot draft well, it hurts this team going forward. And, and they'll look for a some secondary next year because Roby might outprice him and, 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 and get a huge contract if he plays well. Yep. Then you left with Lonnie Johnson, who's more built for a safety than is for a corner. So what was the plan for next year? What was the plan for the secondary? And my, one of my biggest points is, is what is 30 years old? Yep. Whitney... It's, it's, and everybody thinks Whitney is this, this powerful, pro- prophetic, I mean, just awesome pass rusher, and he's only averaging six sacks a year. So you're not getting uh, you're not getting Whitney the, the great pass rusher. You're getting Whitney, who's an average pass rusher, to take a place Clowney, who pass rush and run defense. So the whole trade is, is the whole trading day was a mixed feeling for me because I didn't understand the direction of them going forward. No, you make a great point. There's no direction, and no one could out there tell you with a straight face, hey, this is exactly what they were doing. It's it's a safe face kind of move, in my opinion. I think it's a safe face. It was, uh, again, desperate. We're going to keep using that. It was a desperate move, and that's not what Texans fans want to see out there. They don't want to see desperate moves. They want to see calculated risk. Let's take a calculated risk as a whole. If this was the if this was the case, if there was beef going on with Gain and how O'Brien didn't want to make it happen, if this was all going down, this all needed to be ha- happened before the draft or before that July fifteenth. Let's make let make the move then before the whole pyramid falls. Like let's make moves to to, to prohibit this kind of situation. A week out from kickoff. This is probably why Gang got fired. 
he was probably saying all the things that you're saying, and Bill O'Brien was disagreeing with him. That's my guess. And, that, and, and it makes perfect sense now. Now yeah. that things are like this are happening, and you're saying that's exactly what was going on in that locker room, yep. Gaines probably thinking, you guys are insane. Like, I got I, fired, and this guy just traded two firsts and a second for a tackle. Everybody started and, whispering, yeah. like, hey, we got to get this guy Gaines out of here. You got a third-round pick for Clowney. And, and Gaines like, I got fired? Yeah, get him out of here right now. That's exactly what happened. And anyone, what's going to happen when Casario comes there and he starts trying to make moves like that he's accustomed to winning moves, <laughs> moves to, to move to give you a sense of direction. Hey, he's not right. No, at that point, it's going to say, let's cut ties with O'Brien. And then it's going to say, why did y'all take so long? We've been waiting for years for this. And we've been waiting for you to listen to this entire show for the next three segments. We're going to keep it up and popping. 713-780-3776. Joe. You're next when we get back on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. I'm chill like that. 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 I'm chill. Life. 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 I wonder. I wonder. Will it take me under? I don't know. Imagine smoking weed in the street without cops around. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. ESPN975.com. Live from the ESPN975 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. The block is hot. Everyone wants to get their opinion on the Texans, and you deserve it. The lines are open. It's your stage. You want to voice displeasure. You want to say, hey, y'all calm down. Let's see what happens. I like it. Whatever the case may be, 713-780-3776. We're going to get back onto the callers right now. Joe, you're on Moneyline. What's going on, my man? What's up, fellas? Big fan of the show. I enjoy watching you on Twitch. Hi, Jerry. See you. Hey. <laughs> so uh, my take on O'Brien is, uh, well, so I'm your, I'm your Texans fan in the 305. I hate the Dolphins. The team is trash. I'm glad they traded Tuzzle. I wish they would just, like, move somewhere else and change the name to something else and, like, relocate because they're garbage. Go Texans. But, yeah, so Brian's got something on somebody because he's like that. Like, you know, like, when you're, like, you've got that, like, weird rich uncle who's got a lot of money, and then he marries, like, that hot younger wife, and you're like, oh, this isn't good, right? And then, like, he dies, and you find out, like, oh, there was a change to the will, right? And then, like, suddenly she's in control of everything, right? Now little Timmy's not going to inherit that pocket watch from his old uncle because, you know, she's going to take it all. So, yeah, that's O'Brien, right? Like, he's, he's pretty much got everything now. So nobody's going to stop him, right? And to everybody's point, who cares if he gets fired, right? But uh, what's worse is what if he sticks around? Because then he's a garbage manager with nothing, a bunch of garbage players and, like, no draft picks. So, like, yeah, we're pretty much screwed either way. Um this is all a bad dream, right? <laughs> it feels like it. This is all a dream. You're very, very sleepy. Yes. But no. It's I, a nightmare is what it is. Well, you're going to find out real quick. You're going to wake up to something good or bad, and you're going to find out quick. But at the end of all this, what if he's still stuck around? Like you said, what if O'Brien's still stuck around? It's like a lingering fart. Like, well, you wake up, and it's still there. And you're saying, well, when does this get old to my wife? Well, she's stuck with me. 
right? Until she finds Casario and Casario comes in and the new guy kicks me out of the bed, I'm going to keep farting. And that's what O'Brien's going to keep doing here until somebody gets him out. Are you saying O'Brien is the guy that crop dust you in an elevator and then just get off and leave you in there with that just to, to linger? And gives you the good game when he walks out <laughs> just with a little, with a little pistol. <laughs> good game. Like he lets you know, like, yeah, I I just did that. <laughs> but not <laughs> to get that, too off course, but you see that it, nod. It's that's exactly what we're thinking. You hear Joe saying that and and at one point it's like is this is this a dream? Is this real life? And when does this end? Because if this isn't going to work, again, this is a right now move and if right now doesn't happen, when does it when can you start the let's call it not rebuilding, not rebuilding a team, but when can we start repiecing together the mistakes that are being made right now? When when can you get a head start on that because you got to wait. You got to let that elevator air out. You know what I mean? He just crop dusted it with this deal. And you're going to have to just wait for some time. But you time can be like Trey to... yes. and get stuck in that elevator. Yes. And someone's going to have to come get you out. Where's Who's going to? When does Cal get Trey out of the damn elevator? We are stuck in that elevator for two off seasons, right? Because that's how many draft picks he gave away. A first, you know, a first for the next two years. So we're going to be in that farty elevator for the next two seasons until these these picks come back. I'm telling you, man. We got to come up something for a draft day this year. Like we're not going to watch it. We're all going to do it together. We're like, hey, we're going to. We're going to anti-round one for the Texans. Okay, <laughs> Toro's going to be there. We're going to bring random things out because there's no party. There's no reason to show up there. So we're going to do it. Sorry, wife, but we're doing it at the Naked. Dude. We're doing it at Heartbreakers. We're coming out there, and it's an anti-round one party because I'm not watching the round one. If I'm a Texans guy, it's like there's no point. And let me make you feel even better about this. How do they draft in the second and third round? Not very good, right? Now that's all you're going to be drafting from, second and third round. Uh, Martinez Rankin, they just traded him. They were going to cut him. He was their third round pick just two years ago. He's gone. Foreman, third round pick. He's gone. They're not good at that, and that's all you're going to be drafting with. They're in trouble, dude. Like, they better go in crazy on free agency next year because no help's coming in the draft. Money will be there. Yeah, but have they shown that they'd spend it? No. What is it? Them and the Colts have spent the least amount of money. They have the most amount of cap space. So they have the cap space, but they don't use it. O'Brien's that guy that has $8, but he counts it backwards and forwards, and it's 20-something. <laughs> you know, he's the 8, 9, flips it over, 10, 11. That's what they're going to keep doing with this money. And that's, again, that's what hurts. Look at look at how different of things could have been. In a perfect world, let's say, in a in a in a – not even perfect in a normal setting. Let's say if you knew that tackle or, or offensive line was your priority, make that move for Dillard, right? Yes, and trade up one spot. And, one and spot. You get Dillard. You lost whatever. You flipped a swap first rounds. Throw in the third. Cool. Now you're coming in here. Your pockets are still full with all this cap money. Yep. You don't have to make all these moves. Maybe you have the money to, or maybe you make a move with Clowney. Let's say in a, in a world that he got the money he deserved and there wasn't the beef with Gain and and, yeah. and O'Brien. And let's say Gain would still have his. That's what it's, it should have been. Coming off the season that you came, but then all of a sudden, when did it start falling? When rumors started breaking out with the Casario thing, yep. and then everything just started falling apart. There's too many. There's too many snitches. <laughs> there is, and think how bad they botched that thing, man. They they get accused of tampering charges, which they clearly did. They literally talked to the guy, and then the next day they fired their GM. The Patriots have one party, 
and everyone starts talking a few drinks later, and yep. then everyone's like, hey, man, yeah, so-and-so told me this. And then the next day you wake up, and everything just started. That's when everything, not to say that was the one case, because they've been trying to trade Clowney supposedly to the Chiefs for right. back now, but that's when it made it apparent to to the fan, to the to the fan base in general, like, man, this is a disaster. Yes. Th- that's when we saw, like, what is going on over there? And, and now we know. They don't know what they're doing. I mean, that's pretty clear and this i hate being like this because i want to be excited for the season they you know they start on you know next monday night the most exciting thing this is what's sad and think about this texans man the most exciting thing that happened to the texans this offseason was andrew luck retiring yeah think about that yeah that's wrong like (laughs) you were your you were your biggest improvement was that he left which don't get me wrong a lot of teams can say that Uh, everyone in the division can say yeah that's the biggest improvement we probably made but you didn't. You're relying on something else to happen. You you really. And then when it comes to making your own decisions, you drop them in a city that has management. Let's talk about the management that the Astros got. Let's let's talk about the moves that they're making. Let's talk about the Rockets making move after move, year after year, saying, "Hey, I don't care what it happens. James is our guy. They're gonna stick with him. Cool. We're gonna keep doing it and going to bat or, or shooting hoops or whatever you want to go. We're gonna be in the gym shooting and shooting until we try. Like that's what they do. They're gonna take. Uh, let's call it a calculated risk. Uh, they they went out on the limb and they made a move late and they got real late and they were desperate, but they came up with Russell Westbrook. Then you look at yeah. the a- Astros and they're pulling moves and it's late and they're coming out at the very end, right before the deadline, and they do it again. And then the Texans, one week from from week one, opening opening uh the opening day of not listen to call them opening day, week one of NFL season, and one week away, and you're making these kind of gibberish dude did you see everybody on twitter like daryl morey i'm so sorry you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. people are just like i know i criticized you but wow you are fantastic and i voiced displeasure <laughs> before you know like not displeasure don't get me wrong that's i've never said that i just a uh, question like i questioned some of the moves you sure. know what I mean? like man will this work let's let's hold up the brakes and stuff but at least they're moves that make sense like at the end of the day you yes. can't you can't fault Maury. You can't ever. You never leave the deal with Maury and say, "Man, he got hit over the head." You never. He does the hitting. Yes. You know what I mean? The Astros, they do the dominating in the trade rooms. They, you know, however it goes down, they dominate that. Because they have a general manager. Yeah. Even <laughs> even when they did the Grinky thing, you know what I mean? They they yes. called the day before. They knew what was required. They said these guys won't be touched. Many people wanted to touch some of their system. They didn't ever put that on the table. They said, hey, that's not going to happen. There was never no desperate in it. Right. Both sides said, hey, this is what it's going to take. Do you, you down? We'll call you in a day later. They called. Grinky was here. Westbrook, they saw Paul George was moving. They saw a move. Westbrook and Harden, bam. Yep. You see a move, you make it. You don't do it from being desperate. Hopefully you're not desperate enough to, to, to leave us for the next 30 minutes, though, because I'm going to drop some more bombs. We're going to actually get into some fantasy. We got Dr. Dre off 290 talking about late round running backs and wide receivers. We got one week or this is the last show till we till we draft. So we're going to rock it for the next 30 minutes. You and the Moneyline squad on Moneyline ESPN 97.5. SPPN 
You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back, Moneyliners. You hear that, boy. Carlson Radio at Carlson Radio is where you can find him on Twitter. Dropping that heat on you on a Sunday morning. Get that barbecue pit going. It smells good in the air, Josh, and it smells like winter. 713-780-3776. If you want to give your take on the Texans, if you have an upcoming fantasy draft and you want to talk that as well, we are here just for that. Now, we've heard this morning from different angles. Not, uh, displeasure, someone saying they liked it. But something that I find amusing here, we're getting a lot of non-Texans fans calling saying, hey, I'm not a Texans fan, but this is what I think. So, And, and again, on Moneyline, every Sunday you know that the lines are open. This isn't a, a spot for just me and, and Andrew and Josh and whoever else just to say, hey, this is the way it is. I want to hear your perspective. We want to hear if you're not a Texans fan, if you're if you're if you love exit organization, if you're a Broncos guy, who whatever the case may be, and you and when you heard the news, what does it do for you? Because I know being in the city and working in the city and sports in the market, you you tend to to you know be overcritical sometimes. But when you follow the team so closely, or let's say like Andrew, he's a big fan, like. And he's going to ride them, die or not. They could win one game this year, and he's still going to ride with them. But at one point, it becomes like a, uh, uh, like uh, everyone else in the city's help. Like, come on, man. Like, let's do something. And they, they keep putting you like this. So if you're listening out there, and whether you are a Texans fan, if you're not, what did that news do for you? Does it is it justified? What would you were you thinking, man? I would have gave that up for my team for Clowney right now. I would have we would have ran at that deal. What is the case? that you think in this particular situation, 713-780-3776. I think one of my takeaways, what I'm just disappointed with, is what you got for Clowney, you didn't even really use with the Dolphins for the Tunsil deal. You know what I mean? Like, you just got a three, and then you traded him two ones and a two. So you didn't even use any of the ammo from the Clowney trade to make the deal with the Dolphins. It was all out of pocket. You know what I mean? So that's a little frustrating, and... I don't want to be so negative. I would like to move this a little more to what does this mean for this first game against the Saints, right? They open up against the Saints. The Texans do. The game's in New Orleans. New Orleans is favored by a touchdown, Jerry. I'm speaking your language here. Let's kind of look at this, you know, betting-wise. What does this trade do for the Texans? They they got better at tackle, and they got worse at rushing the passer. So if you're just looking at the Texans from like your power rankings, did they move it all for you yesterday after getting rid of Clowney and upgrading at tackle? Or do you still see them about where they were before that trade for just for this season? Yeah. As far as there's not very many players that move a, let's say a line or, or maybe a, a little bit on a win total maybe now, but again, we say they lost on the opposite side of the right. trenches. So I don't know if they gain anything, but, just to put it on the table now, and just for someone thinking about, am I going to be involved in betting that game? I'm going to be on the Texans that game because of the struggles of the Saints in week one. They struggle real bad out of the gates. And we we saw Fitzpatrick go out there and dice him up. So 
in this particular game, I see points, and I see the Texans keeping it close. I say a 31-27-ish type game, really high scoring. Texans have a chance towards the end, but can't ultimately pull it out. Maybe it's Breeze that drives down there on that defense that we keep talking about that will have problems. Maybe it goes down in that, but I don't see the Texans getting blown out. I just don't see that. And seven points, it always leaves the door open. It could be a 14-point game and the Texans score and you get that that, that backdoor push. It could be a 10-point game, something that that the Saints dominated that whole game, but at seven points, it leaves that backdoor open. I think it does. What's interesting, it opened at nine. What do you think the logic was there when when they moved it down to seven? Big bets came in early and making it move down to seven to the key number to get it back on that key number. As we get closer, though, Desperate has been the, uh, the 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 theme here today, right? Making desperate moves, make de- desperate decisions, usually don't end up wrong, right? Well, that is going to be on a Monday. So if you've become desperate by then because you've lost on Saturday, and then on Sunday somebody fumbled out of the end zone, and you're thinking, man, I'm going to make it back. And now Monday comes along, and you only have two more games to touch this that Monday with the two games, and you're going to go out there, and you're going to put a bet that you originally wouldn't even have put don't do that. If you're thinking about betting that game on Monday, I usually let make my Monday bets early during the week. So I know in my head, this is where my heart was. And I know that this is where my, my strategy was. And then whenever I look, wake up on Tuesday and I see the more bets made, I'm like, that's where the drunkenness was. That's where the, the being desperate was. That's Don't where, be Bill O'Brien is ex- what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> that's where being greedy was because the, the count, I was up all Sunday, and now all of a sudden, why didn't I just let my bet ride? Because that's what I originally thought. Instead, I saw that I got a few grain in there, and I'm like, yeah, why not put a little bit more on this and, and put a little bit on the props? And before you know it, you're in that game heavily involved when you shouldn't have been that way. So, again, Make your moves later the week moves that Monday night or those Sunday night games. Make them earlier in the week so you're not finding yourself making desperate decisions. That's good advice. What do you what do you see from this from the the, the point total? It's at fifty three and a half. Is that about right? That's about right. But you said you saw I say about thirty uh, twenty thirty one twenty seven. So around that fifty eight range, I think they get there. I think they're uh, beginning of the fourth quarter. They're almost pretty much there. I just see it. Moving fast. I think the Texans are going to move fast. I think that the 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 Saints are going to have much success on the offensive side of the ball. So I think that eventually it's going to come. A, it's going to become a punch me. I'm going to punch you back. Whoever lands that last punch. And I'm not going to say the Texans win that game, but I think within seven is is feasible. Let's say. I'm, I want to check the prop bets on Michael Thomas. I think he could have a big game against the Texans secondary. He. You know what I mean? He's going to kill that game. For your DFS guys out there, go ahead. And a lot of people, they like to another thing in DFS, and we got some people on the line we're going to get to right now. Just like in gambling, DFS, like uh, people aren't, how do we say, patient. So that guy right now listening, Jerry, saying, you you expect me? I only got $200 on my my account, on my my bookie account. I only got $200. You expecting me to put that $200 and wait till Monday? It's they're impatient. Same thing with fantasy guy. He wakes up on Sunday and he sees that those guys don't play till Monday, and he wants his guys playing Sunday because he's going to his friend's house for a barbecue, and they all got their guys, and I want to fit it. So now all of a sudden you plug in a quarterback that's playing on Sunday or whatever the case is. It's just the way it works out, and you're listening out there and you're thinking, man, that makes a lot of sense because I've been stuck in that predicament, and I still get stuck there, and we might get stuck together this year, but that's what we try to avoid, making bad decisions that you really uh, originally wouldn't even think about making, but you just get caught up in the moment like, hey, well, oh, yeah, I'm at a friend's house and, and, and a Saturday college game's coming on. 
and you don't even know anything about it, and now you're betting a couple hundred bucks. You wake up on Sunday for NFL, and you're down that couple hundred bucks. So your next bet is that much bigger because you're thinking, I need to make something off this 12, game, 12 o'clock game, right, this noon game. It's it's a it's a matter of it's just a domino effect, man, and it ends up bad if you let it get there. But let's get over to the HRP listener line right now. We have Steven. You're on Moneyline. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, fellas? Pretty good. What you got for us, my man? Uh, well, I live in Houston like everybody else around here, but I'm a Ravens fan. I'm originally from Baltimore. So uh, the whole thing about Clowney, I mean, I wouldn't say I wanted him for my team because the Ravens notoriously draft well pass rushers and linebackers. That's why we don't overpay people to stay. Like when we got rid of C.J. Mosley for $80 million, I mean, it's just next man up. We're, we have so much depth. I wouldn't have given that up for him. But uh, I guess my point is how the Texans front office, I don't know what they do year in and year out. You guys have pro bowlers. You have possibly future Hall of Famers on the team. And they just can't seem to get over the hump. I'll listen. Yep. Good point there, Steven. Appreciate the call, man. It's it's another non-Texans fan calling about this. That just tells you the NFL landscape, everybody is focusing in on the Texans and right now. And his particular situation with the Ravens yeah. and the way they're built on the defensive side, like you said, they set the market with C.J. Mosley. They said, how much are you going to pay over there? How much? Take them. Suggs, gone. But I guarantee you that you won't really see a difference because they plug people in. The Weddle, gone. Who'd they plug in? Thomas. You know yeah. what I mean? They know how to make moves. And they do it strategically. And, and Raven fans out there thinking, or any anybody out there, they look at the moves that the Texans are making. I love these calls because it's from people of other that like other teams, but they what their aspect is on this. And it's non-positive. Not that they would come out and say, man, great move, man, great Texans to the Super Bowl. We're not expecting that, but it's still saying none of this is makes sense to anyone. Well, he's a Ravens fan. I mean, they've had Ozzie uh, Newsom there for years. He's not there anymore, but he has been. He's one of the best GMs in the NFL. One of the best. Yeah, I mean, he's used to an organization being run correctly. So when he sees what the Texans are doing, it's alarming. Let's go to one more call before we hit the break. Larry, you want to talk Texans? You're on Moneyline, my man. Hey, fellas, thanks for taking my call. What's going on? Hey, well, what I'm we a do? Saints fan. I'm a Saints fan. Y'all going to lose anyway. But it was a good move. <laughs> But the thing that he done wrong, he gave a clone for nothing. Yep. A third round pick and two and two players that never lived up. Octavius Mingo come from LSU. He never lived up to his what he was supposed to be. Yeah, you're you know, right. I heard people were even talking know, about he was you, cut. I'm gonna tell you to steal out that draft for y'all. If he played like he was playing with New Orleans, can he still look the receiver? He fast. And y'all needed somebody on the other side. He yeah. real fast. But then, you know, we in Houston. You know, he with that player protest stuff. So, how they go, how the fans going to react? That's a but good point. It was a good, it was a good trade, but he gave up um, Clowney for nothing. And but that's nothing. what hurts. And that's what hurts. Those yeah. Game, game changers like Clowney, whether people like him or not, or if you think that they should have paid him or not, you'll realize whenever you don't have that run stopper there, when you don't have that big body, you'll realize it and you'll know – Man, that was clowning. How do we get that guy back? You ain't got picks to do it. You don't have picks in these. It's not going to happen in these next few. Don't get me wrong. You can find a gem in the rough, yeah. But clowny. let's think about how uh, 
the what, what was Clowney's image coming in, right? That he was going to be a game changer. And yes, a lot happened from that one replay where he knocks the dude's helmet off. But how fast did he come back from, from, from injury? You know what I mean? He proved a lot of people wrong. A lot of people would say that his work ethic wasn't all there. If you hear about people that are really there, go ask the Cody Stutes and people like that that are around that organization. They'll tell you that's crap. Like, that guy was in there working. He came back from that surgery, what, eight, nine months? It was fat, it was microfracture too. It was a, a big surgery, and he came back and he proved that you can come back from an injury like that. And he was really good, man. He's he's a great player. And it comes down to a, a, of ego. It was ego, and it was either him. Once they made the uh, the game and the game was gone, and all that all that commotion went down. It was it was like okay, Bill O'Brien, you have to you have to keep going. You 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 already put up this fight. You better keep fighting to the end. That's it. And you don't want to do that when you're betting, right? You don't want to be chasing it. And why do I bring up betting? Because I'm bringing up my bookie, guys. Football season is back, and you know what that means. It's time to bet, win, and get paid at mybookie.ag. My bookie has odds on every game. In fact, I got a little action on the UT game last night. I made some money, went to my bookie. Really easy, just did it on my cell phone. Nobody pays out faster than my bookie. And did you know that you can bet on games after kickoff? Jerry and I love to get our live betting action going. That's when you can find some good value. And you don't want to play on some no-name sports book. You want to get to MyBookie. If you're going to bet this season, bet smart. Bet with MyBookie.ag. Sign up today with MyBookie and double your first deposit. That's up to $1,000 in free money to wager on your favorite teams. Just use the promo code RADIO right now to get your exclusive offer and double down. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code RADIO. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie. You can't tell me nothing. You can't tell me Nothing. Uh uh-uh, uh, you can't tell me nothing. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. Last segment. Get some money in. We're going to drop a few more bets at the end of this show. Again, 713-780-3776. We haven't got to talk really much fantasy directly with other news that's going on because of everything that we've had going on here in the city. But we can't leave this show without talking about Shady McCoy. Yeah. The new Kansas City Chiefs running back. And that killed me, man. I was going to keep Damian Williams in my keeper league, but uh, now I I can't really justify it. It's just going to be a mess, I think. I don't think LaShawn McCoy has a lot left, but I just feel like that KC backfield is going to be a you know kind of a running back by committee. So it's going to be tough to know who's going to have a big game each week. So I, you know, I still think you know Damian Williams he might have a really nice year, but you can't take him. You know, it's like the 20th overall player anymore. I think he's got to be more of like a fourth-round play, something like that. With Shady, uh, you know, maybe you take a shot on him somewhere in the somewhere in the 80s maybe, yeah. you know, Oof. overall. And, 31-year-old Shady, yeah. 3.2 yards per carry last year. Don't – let's not think that – because a lot of people are going to run and say, well, he's been with an Andy Reid offense before, right? Let's right. Ma- let's match this up. But and it's a great offense. It is, and it's and it makes it easier for running backs, you could say, because of the the way that you have to defend that pass. Yeah, right. You have to, and Andy Reid offenses 
traditionally are great on that screen pass to the to the running back. Get them out in space. So all that works. You see what Hunt did in that, yeah. that kind of offense. But the truth is that McCoy was ranked 45th out of 47. 45th out of 47 out of football outsiders DVOA for running backs. 41 out of 47 and PFF rushing grades. I mean, he is he was not just bad, but he was real bad. Yeah. Did he even want to play football, though, in Buffalo? Being, right. okay, we say he's 31, so at 30, coming up on that 30-year-old on that, on that age plateau for running backs, which is significant drops then, does he even want to play football at that point? Does does he knowing that the bad Bills now playing on the Chiefs, the high flying, and maybe getting a chance to win something? What does that do for him? It's got to reinvigorate him a little bit. You know, he's on a team that could possibly win the Super Bowl. He already knows the playbook. He played with Andy for years. So, and let's face it, when he was in Buffalo, there were really no other you know threats on the field. The defense just loaded up to stop Shady. You know, like even this year, they're their receivers are better, but they're not that good. You had a rookie quarterback, so, you know, the plan was stop Shady and you'll win the game, and that's what they did mostly last year, all the defenses they played. So, yeah, he's going to see some lighter boxes. You know, safeties have to worry about, you know, Kelsey. They, they have to worry about Tyree Kill getting behind him. So they can't just load up for Shady. He's going to have some room. It's just we don't know how many carries he's going to get each week. We don't know how many, you know, pass catches he's going to get. So – He's kind of hard to handicap. He's just a guy you take a chance on late in the draft and hope he comes through. You know, you can't draft him too early. You know, somewhere in the 80s is probably where I'd take him, depending on if you're in a 10- or 12-team league, you know, you know, somewhere around the 8th, 9th, 10th round, something like that. Maybe 7th if, if you're really big on him. I wanted to end the show with maybe touching a few players, sleepers or whatnot, but you make a great point here as far as something I want to touch on. So you said the way that – People can key in on maybe in Buffalo you can key in on the on right. running back. I had a friend reach out yesterday. He had his draft, and he was telling me he had the number one overall pick, and he asked me who should I take. And then to me it was Barkley or or, or Christian McCaffrey in a PPR. And I said more McCaffrey because I think that it's harder to key on that offense. Not to say that the Panthers' offense is great, but I think it'll be easier to key in on the Giants' offense. And then maybe if they're getting blown out, then – not to say that Kabarki can't be involved in the pass game, sure. but he's less liable, I guess, to do more work there and going that route. So he answers me back with, man, I'm thinking about going Mahomes with Ooh. the number one overall pick. So then I tell him, man, he's going to be there. Don't risk that yet. And he says, not in this league. So if you're out there, well, let's talk about this right now. If you're out there and you're thinking, man, I want Mahomes – Every player has a price, whether you're saying I want him or, man, I don't want anything to do with him. Don't be that guy that you're just like, I don't want anything to do with him. Everyone has a price at their head that becomes value or that lost value. If the, I answer him with, hey, if they're going to take Mahomes that quick and then it's a league where they take run, uh, quarterbacks that fast, you know Houston guy's going to say, man, I'm taking Watson and, and I got to take him now. So if you're telling me out of the top 20 picks, 24, however many people are in your league, out of the two quarterbacks are going to get taken there, then that makes value. That creates openings. That means you can dominate those rounds. Make sure if someone's going to make that move, you take the other route and you dominate. Don't take quarterbacks just because they're going to take them. No, absolutely. Look, when they zig, you zag. You know, Take advantage of the value that they leave on the draft board. Unless you're in a league where always know – 
your settings, right? If you're in a league where quarterbacks are worth way more than a typical fantasy league, then yeah, maybe you do jump in and get an elite quarterback early. But if that's not the case, then take that running back or receiver that's going to fall to you that wouldn't have fallen to you if that person was drafting in a more typical manner. Like, gobble up that value. I'm, I'm telling you, I've done so many mock drafts. In the 10th round, 11th round, I'm getting quarterbacks I'm totally fine with. You know, whether it's Lamar Jackson or, or Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady, you know, you can get those guys round 10, round 11, and you can just load up on receiver and Big running Ben, back. listen yes. to what he just said. Big Ben that late, coming yes. off the highest attempts of his career. The second best overall quarterback. Yes. And he's still there. Yeah, 10th, 11th round. And a lot of that is people are worried without Antonio Brown there, without Le'Veon Bell there, but they throw the ball. And I'm telling you, if you watch that preseason game, I know it's preseason, but their offense looked great. He went right down the field, touchdown to Juju Smith-Schuster. Connor looked great. That's a good offense, and it's a really good offensive line. If you think about it, every year the Steelers running back is good because that O-line's good. Remember when D'Angelo Williams, you could just plug him in, and he was a top-five running back. And that's what Jalen Samuels is going to be as well. Anybody who you plug in there is going to do work. Yes, and Jalen Samuels, he's a guy late, a a sleeper I like. I saw Dr. Dre on 290 hit us up for some sleepers. I like him. I like Curtis Samuel. I think uh, Deshaun Jackson's a guy I'm taking really late. Oh, I like him. I like what he does for that offense in general. I think Moncrief could do something. He's a guy I'm kind of looking at really, really late. So there's some guys that I think Gallup with the Cowboys is a nice late round pick. I think he's a guy that he looks like he's getting better. So he's a guy I would target. And this one's really late, but Marquise Goodwin. Why are we all of a sudden assuming he's not going to be the guy there? You know, everybody's taking Dante Pettis and, you know, all these other guys. But Goodwin's fast. He's a good player. So he's a guy I would definitely look at late, really late in your fantasy drafts. He might come through for you. If you have any more questions as far as dress, feel free to reach out to any of us on Twitter. Go back and check anything on Sports Map as far as the Mock My Mocks. I'll have some picks coming up. We're still sweating this over in the Arsenal Tottenham game. We had it over three. It's at three now. So it's a cold sweat. It's a it's a your beer sweating right now because you're <laughs> celebrating a push. It's a free bet. As far as the squad. Another Sunday. Next time we talk, the NFL season will be underway. Yeah. And it's going to be prime time. It's going to be grind time. And we're going to be going at it. So, again, for the squad, like every single Sunday, signing off. For Renzo out there on the phones. For our guy, Andrew Carlson, behind the glass. Josh Jordan, Jerry Bow. Peace.